Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Reimagined Radio. Real talk, real life, real magic. Good Vibe Coach Academy, and I'm waiting for Jeanette to dial in. She will be here any minute. Today, we are going to be talking about the nuts and bolts differences between a traditional coach and a law of attraction coach. And it's kind of funny because Jeanette and I were just on another call where we've touched on this briefly. And there are so many differences, but I think there are a few key differences that we might want to kind of unfold here as we're exploring this, both for coaches and for potential clients who might be hiring a coach. Um, Over the next four weeks or so, we're going to do a short series on law of attraction coaching, very specifically law of attraction. So this is just kind of a laying the foundation for this series of calls. And I think it's an important thing to discuss because when a client hires a law of attraction coach, they are getting a whole other thing than what a traditional coach might serve up. So, Jeanette, I'm excited to have this conversation with you. I am too. And I was thinking about how sometimes when a client hires an LOA coach, they have an expectation that they've got a professional who is not going to follow the same rules that a traditional coach would. And other times, Clients have no idea what they're in store for. <laughs> they just, they, um, like it's a whole new gig to them. And they wouldn't, I, I know this much. There are some clients who, when they hear their LOA coach sound like a muggle coach, they're terribly disappointed. And there are others who it doesn't even phase them. They don't know the difference. But it's important that we know the difference. <laughs> My first coaching experiences were obviously as a client. And I, probably because I'm me, like it was, I tended to gravitate more towards the magical and the woo-woo, much more towards the LOA side. And when I think about that day and age, I mean, this was pre-secret, you know, Abraham was just starting to get there, to get into the market. I mean, it was even before we had a nomenclature where we used words like law of attraction, really. And yet that was kind of what I I managed to find in the market anyway. And then when I did my coach training, which was a very traditional coach training, I was disappointed with what I found in traditional coaching. Well, I don't think you're alone in that. And in fact, I know that that's one reason why some coaches abandon the practice or the, the work of coaching because the support that they get around it is so traditional based. And so to be able to be doing our best work when we know that, I know that not everyone, not every LOA savvy coach is consciously or out loud doing LOA work with their clients. But for those where it is an essential aspect of the enjoyment of their work, some of them are, they give up on coaching because they don't see models out there in the world of coaches being trained with this kind of savviness. Thus, Good Vibe Coach Academy. Right. Right. I think that there's some overlaps, right? Like traditional coaching may have 
elements, maybe even large elements of what might be called mindset coaching, which might overlap law of attraction coaching, but they are also really heavily grounded in things like motivation and accountability and task management and goal setting and planning, like reverse engineering your goals and making your plan. And like a lot of that stuff has, that is rooted in traditional coaching. I mean, there's value to that. I'm not going to completely devalue that kind of work. But a law of attraction coach may very well take their clients in the 180-degree opposite direction mm-hmm. of what some traditional coaching work might look like. We talked about it, like I said a few minutes ago, what the biggest distinction is. And I expected you to say action, which I think we'll discuss today. But you said you think the biggest distinction between an LOA coach and a traditional coach is that addiction to reality. Well, yeah, it seems like traditional coaches help their clients navigate the reality that they're experiencing, whereas an LOA coaches, an LOA coach knows that our best work is done outside of the apparent conditions of reality. Like that those are not constraints that we take into consideration. <laughs> we 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 do not have those boundaries, <laughs> at least not when we're doing our best work. Reality is something we're surpassing rather than working within. And, I mean, how often do you hear those phrases about reality? Like, let's assess what's happening. Let's look at the results. Let's, mm-hmm. yep. let's you know, well, be reasonable. I don't actually let's figure out what's measurable. I don't hear them a lot. Because I, I, I have a hard time working with a coach who is not LOA savvy. So I don't actually hear that a lot. <laughs> But, but I know how I know how limiting it can be, especially for someone who understands their ability to create their reality. To work with someone who thinks that that's it's a it's a real limitation that they have to work within. And I think for a client who's coming to LOA coaching, or maybe even law like law of attraction new or law of attraction curious. I mean, you tend to attract more LOA-savvy clients. I tend Mm -hmm. to attract maybe more LOA-curious clients or at least, you know, spiritually open clients. But, I mean, for a client who's coming to this work and that's not their foundation, it's not their, like, native mindset, to be able to talk to a client about let's just dismiss what's real. Let's dismiss reality. Like, yeah, that's in front of you, but let's look someplace else. Let's create in another playground that can be really both challenging and inspiring work to do with clients because I think it's the human condition. I mean, the human condition is is that we see what's right in front of us and we think it's real whether it is or isn't. You know, even very LOA-savvy clients, the kind that I attract, the ones who have been reading this, studying it for years, can find that challenging to be able to dismiss reality in favor of what they prefer to create. So even, whether you're brand new to it or whether you're very familiar with the concepts, I agree. I think this is one of the biggest challenges to exercise our true creative power um, is to be able to, I want to say, divorce ourselves from the present reality because even for people who understand how the system works, that can be a challenge to um, to fully 
take advantage of. I mean, it's what Abraham, I think it is the very definition of what Abraham refers to as the leading edge. And I mean, the leading edge is often not a comfortable place. It gets more comfortable the more frequently you're out there creating and playing and being in the energy of what you want to be versus what you think is happening. But I I don't know. Sometimes I think that we oversell how hard it is. I mean, with a little bit of practice, staying out of reality can become much more second nature. I think we're born with it well, as our second ex- nature. I was just going to say that. Yeah, are kids that. are good at it. And we were too once upon a time. <laughs> and, I mean, the adults in, in their world and society, and I, I've got a kid. I know that, I know that drill because I do it sometimes too. But, I mean, we were all <laughs> trained out of our imagination when our imagination was our most powerful creation tool. It's really kind of sad. And I think an LOA coach might not be teaching so much as we're helping our clients unlearn mm-hmm. really Agreed. unuseful patterns of forgetting who they were and what they were good at. Yes. And where our true powers lie. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. What, what, what's on the, the top of your list, Lisa? Action. Yeah. Like, I think that traditional coaching tends to be rooted in the goals and the to-do list, right? Like all of that business mm-hmm. about accountability for action. And I'm going to say I do a lot of accountability coaching, and the vast majority of my accountability coaching has nothing to do with traditional action. I am much less concerned with what was on your to-do list, particularly if your deliberate creation practices weren't on that to-do list. I think so many people, I mean, it's another thing that we're sort of societally trained to believe that traditional coaching really reinforces is that action is the only way, I mean, it's it's the key. And coaches are really very often hired, I think, for accountability around action. Make a plan, get the plan done, make a plan, get the plan done, do it, do it, do it, figure out how to do it and get it done. Like, and why you're not doing tra- it, yeah. Right, why you're not doing it. A traditional coach is very often action and results focused. And one of the things that I find when I'm working with clients who might be in that kind of mindset is that the first thing we're doing is talking about working less instead of working more. And when I say working, I say that in air quotes, but like doing less instead of more traditional action can be a very jarring reality to a client who's been in a I've got to do, do, do mindset. I've, I've been well, there, and I mean, I've said this before. If if you could work hard enough to make it happen, I would have been a multi-billionaire several times over. <laughs> no doubt. Um, I had a client not too long ago say, sometimes the, we were obviously we were doing coaching around mindset work, and she said sometimes it just seems like it would be easy to, easier to just do the work. <laughs> and I get that sometimes, yes, it seems like taking the action is easier than learning new patterns of thinking, but the truth is it's unreliable. If it worked, we'd all be doing it. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it's not reliable for results. So, um, yeah, there was something I wanted to say about that, that if a person has a hard time believing that it isn't about action, that they, if they believe their life is going to fall apart, if they stop doing all the things that have been exhausting them, 
then it might be easier to have a a soft gear down rather than trying to have an overnight transformation of how they're engaging life rather because beliefs can beliefs are part of our vibration so if i have a strong fear that my life is going to fall apart once i stop doing all the things i think are required in order to make it work then so shall it be so being able to work with someone in a way that doesn't uh activate strong fear or doubt in order to sabotage the mindset work we're doing can it, it's important to know the client and to work in a way that creates the least amount of resistance. Mhm. And I think that I mean, you know me. I mean, as far as law of attraction coaches go, I may lean more into action than some law of attraction coaches do. Many actually. Because I think that working within that framework of action actually can be a very valuable tool for massaging the mindset. I mean, I like to call it behavior versus action. Sometimes doing actually makes us feel more of what we want to feel, mm-hmm. or it gives us reasons to believe that we're going mm-hmm. where we want to go, or it inspires us to other things that inspire us to other things that inspire us. I mean, action itself can be a deliberate creation tool, but action for action's sake isn't ever going to be effective. Well, Unless that's not it creates it strong belief along with it. Hard, yeah. Right. It's going to be the hardest way to get there. Yeah. Which most people are and well I think familiar with. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've done it. I've I've been there. I think it kind of gets us to the third one, the third big one that I think is a distinguishing factor between an LOA coach and a traditional coach, which is an LOA coach doesn't care what you're doing nearly as much as they care about how it feels. Because Mm -hmm. we've all been there and we've probably all coached clients to get exactly where they want to go. And the getting there doesn't feel anything better than the not having it. The having it doesn't make them feel any better. Like an LOA coach is going to be very dialed down on the vibrational quality of an experience versus just having the experience. I mean, you say all the time that, and I think it was Abraham that said it, actually. You corrected us about a couple weeks ago, but that unhappy journeys don't lead to happy endings. So an LOA coach is going to be much more prone to talk about how does it feel versus what did you do. Yeah, that's actually on my list as well, that joy and inspiration and and inner guidance that factors in in a way, because those are all the same things, our joy is our inner guidance, that that's worth prioritizing above all else. And sometimes I don't think you'll find that kind of an emphasis with traditional coaching as nearly as much as you will with LOA-savvy coaches who understand that that vibration is what is worth paying attention to. And that's, you know, how we're feeling as a result of what we're thinking. Do you think that, because somebody asked me this the other day and then gave me some examples, and I still, it was an interesting conversation that landed right where I thought it was going to. But do you think that there's ever any instance where joy can lead you wrong? Like that feeling sense, and you talk a lot about dog walks, like I I went on a dog walk, and then da-da-da-da-da-da-da. 
Like it's really hard for somebody who's been in a traditional mindset world, either with a coach or just in general, to think that following their joy is going to get them where they want to go when what they need to do is pay the rent. Exactly. That's a and that's a tough sell, even for people who understand the system, who who believe that we live in an energetic world and that we are vibrating as well. That just because we're so strongly conditioned otherwise, so it can feel like stepping out into thin air in order to live that. But no, I don't think there's ever a downside to that. <laughs> I really don't. I mean, I guess it What's depends on what one? a person's goal is. If their goal is to make a million dollars and they didn't care about how, how they felt, then, but, I mean, I agree with Abraham when they say the only reason we want anything is because of how we think we'll feel when we get there. So to think that the thing is what matters rather than the feeling, I think we wouldn't be serving our clients well if we let them believe that. But, um, yeah, and I, I don't think we can ever go wrong with joy. And, and it continues to be one of my biggest challenges as a conscious creator is to be willing to honor whatever feels most joyful, even when it confronts um, old programming to the contrary. I agree. I mean, I think that's always a work in progress. And I, if probably nobody can say they nail it all the time. I mean, there are, it's, it's one of the places I think I have the most growth in my deliberate creation practice is being more consistent, even more consistent, even more dedicated with being in my joy or finding a way to make what I'm doing joyful, which is, I think, equally valuable. Agreed. Yes, I really do think that's a choice we can make. But, it's you know, whatever is easiest, change what you're doing or find the joy in what you're doing, either one. As long as we're looking for ways to feel better, we're well served and our clients would be too to practice it. What else is on your list? I think that LOA coaches have different answers as to why something didn't work than a traditional coach does. LOA coaches know it's always about energy and vibration. It's a result of what we've been thinking, whereas a traditional coach might be more likely to say, well, hmm, maybe it's overpriced, or hmm, maybe you didn't explain the benefits well enough, or or maybe it's the market, or maybe it's the time of year. We know that it's always about the energy, and to have that understanding gives us a much bigger advantage for creating success than when we're truly willing to attribute it to something that's not really relevant. I think that that is something that, and we use the word muggle in air quotes, right? That is something that a muggle client can wrap their, their their brains around. I mean, when you introduce that, when you kind of help them understand, and back to that word mindset, right, that mindset matters, like mindset predicts results. That is traditional enough in its thinking that a, a traditional client can feel their way around the truth of that pretty easily. And it is often a relief to be able to help a client grasp that they can they have the ability to predict what's going to happen based on the energy they're investing in it. That is probably, that may be the biggest one, actually. Different answers. You may have just nailed it. Well, if we, and if we're willing to recognize that, that the, the source lies within us, that gives us the empowerment 
to create a different result next time. Whereas if we're really willing to think that it's just the wrong time to be making this offer or that, or whatever reasons they might be attributing to why something happened, I, I think that's, that really limits our success. When we understand that it's all coming from us, then the world is our playground. Mm-hmm. I think those are really the big ones on my list. Do you have any other big ones on your list? Um, I I think that an LOA coach is also maybe this isn't true. No, I know it's not. There are traditional coaches who also understand the importance of enjoyment and having fun and self care and self love. But I think that for an LOA coach, there's a much stronger understanding as to how essential that is for a client's ultimate success. How was that not on my list? Come on, Lisa. I'm, I'm, I'm the queen bit, of preaching self, <laughs> but no, I think that's I think that's massive. Like, and I think that does kind of counteract that work harder, work harder. I mean, to I think an LOA coach is really going to be much more likely to focus on self care and self love. In fact, I mean, you say we say the universe will only treat you as well as you treat yourself. Like that is a revolutionary concept in some people's lives that maybe it takes an entire lifetime to actually be able to absorb and apply. But working with an LOA coach is going to help a client prioritize their own well-being in a way that a traditional coach may miss. And I'm not saying always. You're right. There might be some traditional coaches who would have an eye on that, but probably only in that self-care makes them more effective. It gives them, you know, if you sleep enough, you have an energy to get your to-do list done. An LOA coach is really going to have a spotlight on that in a way that if that's the only thing a client picks up, that's something that will serve them for the rest of their lives. Exactly. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that... You know what? You are are a good example, Lisa, of another thing I think LOA coaches are inclined to do differently than traditional coaches – and that is the way they play with thoughts. One of your favorite coaching techniques that I don't think a lot of people practice is find someone else to blame. You know when a client is blaming themselves oh, for something that. gone wrong? and that's, I do too. <laughs> yeah, I, If you show up at Lisa's door feeling like, oh, I ruined it, I just did the most terrible thing, Lisa will be the first one to say, yeah, it's not your fault. This, and, and who else could we blame? I love that for for the vibrational improvement that it is, and yet I don't know how many other traditional coaches would engage that tool. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not very many, but I do think that that goes to speaking to the quality of thoughts, right? The quality of the thoughts dictates the vibration. And we have a tendency, I think, to be pegged as, and I don't think this is true at all, you know, selling happiness all the time, happy, happy. Blaming somebody else is a higher quality thought. Sometimes being angry mm-hmm. is a higher the quality revenge. thought. Sometimes, Hello. right, I was just going to say I love revenge. I that's, that's one of my favorite qualities of thoughts because it's more empowered than victimization might be. Mm-hmm. It's just a law of attraction coach is going to be way more likely to help a client feel out the quality of their thoughts. And there can be really, you know, quote, high-quality thoughts that a client might be clinging on to that don't actually feel high-quality to them because it's 
maybe too far out of reach. It doesn't feel true. They're whatever. I don't know. I mean, I think that any thought you think long enough is going to get some traction. But an, an LOA coach is going to help a client find their thoughts on that vibrational scale, that vibrational measurement, and figure out how to work themselves up, where so many coaches aren't going to give a crap about the quality of your thoughts. They're not going to be able to, not going to have any reason to look there. A traditional coach wouldn't care about mm-hmm. the quality of the thought. It makes hey. me wish more people understood the value of having an LOA savvy coach. <laughs> right. And I mean, I think that a lot of clients, not all, I mean, some clients come to LOA coaching as like client virgins, but a lot of clients come to LOA coaching because they've tried everything else. You know, they've read all the books, they've tried all the traditional approaches, they've worked themselves half to death, they've, you know, they're, they've done all of that, and they're looking for a little bit of magic. I mean, at the end of the day, that may be what an LOA coach brings to the work is something that looks and feels like magic. And so many clients who show up at the door of an LOA coach who have, quote, tried everything, I mean, they've got so much powerful stuff in their vortex that even minor LOA tweaks look and feel a lot like magic. I mean, what we do looks a lot of like fairy dust and sparkly stuff and glitter and, you know, unicorns, but it's, it's not, I mean, it's very, I think, I think it's very scientifically based. There's a, there's a lot of evidence that proves out that an LOA approach can work quote miracles. But I think many clients will find themselves at the door of an LOA coach because they've tried everything else and they're looking for the magic and we're not afraid to bring it or claim it. Or teach them that they are it. Right. Yeah. I mean, that may be, I mean, we could could wrap this up a dozen different times because there's probably hundreds of distinctions. But that may also be another key of a solid LOA coach. A solid LOA coach is going to coach themselves out of a job really quickly. Because what they're going to do is connect that client with that client's own highest guidance, their own voice. Their own wisdom, their yes. own intuition. Ooh. They're going to set them Ooh. up for skills that are going to serve them for the rest of forever. They're a, a good LOA coach isn't going to be employed for very long because we're oh, going to set our that. clients up for success by being able to leverage their own magic without us. That's cool, Lisa. That's a good note to end on. <laughs> LOA coaches will be employed very quickly. That's not what I meant at all, but you know what I meant. So, yeah. Well, the good thing is LOA coaches also don't experience a scarcity of clients, so it's fine. We might be, if we're doing our best work, it's a very short-term engagement. (laughs) Yep, yep. So tune in next week, everybody, and we're going to get into more of the details of LOA coaching. We're going to talk about, I think, some challenging topics around LOA coaching, Like I said, this was just kind of an intro, and big love to everybody who's listening to this today. Thanks, everyone. Bye.